So shout out to Taylor Art for a excellent project she's working on right now. I don't think she's quite ready to release yet. And she's uh, not, but she will be very soon. Very soon. Uh and my apologies, Taylor. I will get around to testing. I just have been extraordinarily uh occupied elsewhere. But uh grab the people Which that are here for giving feedback. Nope, actually it's not it's not because I've forgotten, it's because I have I've not gotten around to setting up the new site that I need to set up where I was gonna be using gravity forms anyway. Because uh, I have a um, strategy. If you have a login on Payo Media, it is on there, just so you know. Uh, I'll go play with it over there. Good deal. Yeah. Uh so but I actually have a strategy for how I think I want to use this plugin going forward. But what Taylor is working on right now is a plugin uh, that will make it possible to move form fields with a screen reader accessibly and efficiently in WordPress for gravity forms. So big shout out to her conversation. This this is what happens. You know, this conversation was going on. She's like, oh, I'm going to try to do that. And within a couple of days, I think she had something working. So uh, she's iterating very quickly. We expect to release imminently. And uh, I will take a look at it, you know, here fairly quickly. So shout out to her for that project she's working on. While we are giving props to people for great work and things that they do that are kind, I want to thank all of our supporters uh, that support Ooh, us monetarily. transition. <laughs> As well as the people who are listening, whether you're listening to us live, we appreciate you putting up with the uh, shenanigans. But, hey, this is what you get live uh, or what you really should do is listen to the uh, episode when it re- releases on Mondays. And we definitely appreciate you listening there. Uh, my numbers have been going up, so I am happy. Yes, yes, substantially. So thank you for telling a friend or putting us wherever you're putting us or whatnot. Yeah. And if you haven't told a friend, if you're sitting there like, well, I didn't tell a friend. Well, hey, you, you, it's your turn now. Tell a friend. Appreciate it. Thanks. Or two. Or, or tell someone you don't like either. I mean, I don't really don't care. Just tell someone. <laughs> Post it on your social media. There you go. You were listening to this episode. But we do appreciate every last one of you that listens. Um, now. Let's go back to the thing we started out to the episode talking about because now we're done giving thanks. Unless you have anyone else to thank before we get into this because I'm mad. <laughs> uh, let's see. I want to thank my uh, my garbage man for, you know, always being there. No. <laughs> uh, what's going on, Mike? What's happening? I'm coughing. Is what's going on. Uh, hold on one second because. Okay, I'm still muted. So, I am mad because thank you, Taylor, for what you did. But come on, Gravity Forms. It took Taylor a couple of days to be – and I've, I tell people this. Demasi knows where I'm going with this. To be able to solve a problem that me and other paying blind individuals have asked you for for years. It's not like this is just a single – offhanded request, hey, I want to reorganize forms or resort forms. Why can Gravity Forms not do this when, and I'm going to say this, and I don't mean it offensively at all, but a young lady is able to just whip something up real quick to be able to solve the problem that we've been facing. And it's not like it's just you or me that's having this issue. It's not like it's just a JAWS or a voiceover user. It's any screen reader cannot reorganize form fields, and I don't understand it. Yeah. And I'm in agreement with you. I want to make one small correction, uh, just for, okay, just to head off the well. Actually, <laughs> um, you, it is possible now, as it stands with Gravity Forms, to move form fields with a screen reader. It is tedious, and it takes about three tries for each field you want to move, and hope to drop it in the right place. So it is definitely not <laughs> efficient and easy to do. 
And I'm glad you said it's possible because I did not think it was because I've given up after the first or second try. No, it, it is possible, but it is very tedious and you're going to spend a lot more. I, Michael's solution has been to reach out to Ira and have them move his fields around for him if he needs to. My solution has been do my best to plan a form before I even build it. Curse people out when they ask me to move something after <laughs> I'm done and then go in there and move it. Uh, but it is not efficient at all. And see, Mike, now you started something because I was just going to keep going, get on, tell people what we did with the audio, talk about some other stuff. But nope. Now, see, now you started it. I'm not going to say I'm mad. I am pissed. Gravity Forge is damn near $300 a year. And we've been uh-huh. telling them about this issue since around 2020-ish when they first started working on 2.5 uh, while yep, it was still it was in beta. beta because I yep. was a paying customer. I had access to the beta. And guess what? 2023 is nearly over, man. Nothing. Christmas is in two months. Just so you know. Man, listen, well, we ain't talking about Three that. months. We ain't talking about that at all. <laughs> So it, it is asinine that I spend <laughs> as much money as I do every year to renew gravity mm-hmm. forms. I build mm-hmm. as much. To, and listen, people are going to say, well, why don't you just move to X form build them? First of all, because most of them suck. Yes. Secondarily, even if there are some that are good, I have so much stuff built in gravity forms at this point. I don't have the time nor the patience to go learn a new form builder figure out that it doesn't do some of the stuff that i can do with gravity forms gravity forms within itself outside of the developers uh having whatever issues they got going on that is a platform within itself there are tons of add-ons that i have access to that these solutions just simply don't exist outside of gravity forms to my knowledge Mm -hmm. now i will tell you that in the back of my mind as i prepare myself to take a break from doing any sort of development work at all uh, in my business uh, for the next transition in life. I'm going to be stepping away from doing any development once I finish up these products, uh, projects that I'm working on for about a year outside of maintenance. It has occurred to me that there may be some possible solutions to build what I want without gravity forms. And if I figure it out or me and Taylor and some other people come together and figure it out over the course of this next year, guess what? I won't be renewing in 2025. Mm-hmm. But it is really asinine the amount of money. And listen, we're not sitting here with, with, like Mike said, it's not just me. It's not just him. It's not just Taylor. It's not just Jeff. It's not just, you know, people that we speak to on a regular basis. This is feedback they have been getting from people in the community. Because guess what? Blind people build WordPress sites too. We don't what? just use them on the front end. <laughs> we actually design them sometimes. Imagine that. And I hope... The gravity form support person that I send this to or passes it on or someone actually hears it because it is, it's frustrating. And, um, I, I just want Taylor to know that I'm very thankful and appreciative of the time and energy she's put in to solve this problem, but I'm very frustrated with gravity. Form. Um, um, yeah. I appreciate you, Taylor. Seriously. Like no, nothing at all against the work Taylor has done. I truly appreciate it. I said it when we had the discussion and I meant it, I will give you money for this because I do appreciate it, but I am upset that it was even necessary. So let's make you happy again. What have you been doing with audio? Man, <laughs> listen. <laughs> tell you about this Google Chrome and this clean feed. <laughs> oh, I so, thought we were going to positive news. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the start of it, though. You got to start in Chrome and clean feed. Uh, quick side note, though, before I, I get into this discussion to kind of explain to people what we did here or what I did here today with clean feed. And the reason I sent Mike a clean feed link before he could just pop in on the link that he normally uses or he signed in and expect me to pop in as a guest. I'm not a guest today. Uh, <laughs> quick side note, because I almost forgot what I was going to say. If anybody has 
experience has has been using an alternative to Chrome. I don't want Edge on my Mac. I, I don't like the way Edge try to hooks in it, tries to hook in everything either. Brave crashes at random weird times, so don't talk to me about that. I'm open to something like the Chromium project itself. I haven't tried it out in several years. So if anybody out there is using it, that happens to be a screen reader user on the Mac, or even if you're on Windows, but you're using the Chromium engine or some other Chromium derivative browser that is not Brave, Edge, or Google Chrome, uh, reach out on Mastodon. Let me know about it. I will check it out because uh, I'm getting I'm getting annoyed is what I'll say. Unfortunately, I got to have a Chromium-based browser on my computer, but, you know, does it have to be from those guys? Anyway, here we are. So, CleanFeed, which is a pretty amazing tool, except for they will not give me markers um, in, in my recordings. Wait, Mike, did I lose you? No. The experiment has gone wrong. Mike is gone. <laughs> oh, no, there he is. <laughs> no, just muting, multitasking, like always. <laughs> so... What I wanted to try out in, in Clean Feed, because I've never actually done it successfully, and I stumbled across a new beta feature. So if you're a Clean Feed uh, Pro or whatever mm-hmm. the paid version is, there's a feature in beta that we're actually making use of right now, which is the, I forget what it's called, so I'm not going to even pretend to tell you. Uh, hold on, I'm going to look, actually. What is this called? At any rate, I don't remember what they call it, and I can't find it without clicking through settings, and I'm a little afraid to do that because, you know, uh, something might break. So here's what the the point of the feature is. So when you see it, if you are a paying uh, clean feed user, you'll know what I'm talking about. Basically, it gives you an output that you can select to send a mix of all of the audio. So your ho- your local audio, which is the person that is actually running the clean feed session, as well as any of your guests, will all be mixed into one stream of audio that you can send to a, in my case, a virtual loopback device and use for live streaming, uh, which is what they suggest you use it for. It's like, hey, this is great for live stream. I was like, yeah, let me do that instead of what I was going to try to do. So I have that set up. That is going to a erroneously named loopback device at this point because I just needed a pass-through device. And I set that as the input to Club Deck. If I had not have broken something or Michael broke something on his side, which is what I actually think happened. I uh, didn't touch anything. But, you know, don't tell him that I think he broke it. Uh, (laughs) If something hadn't broken, I was also going to attempt to use the same device to send audio into the AI cast stream. Uh, Thanks, Michael, for letting us use the, what did I say, AI cast? You said AI. Uh, IA cast. It really sounded like I said it. Uh, yeah, it really <laughs> sounded like I said what I meant to say the first time. Maybe uh, Michael should go buy AI Cast as well. <laughs> oh, he just should buy. In case. He should buy Cast AI. Well. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's gonna be like one hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars. Don't it's do probably it. taken already, actually. Uh, but yeah, the I wait now. Now I have to say IA. the IA Cast live stream. Uh, again, thanks, Cast. Michael, for letting us use it. Uh, you can cut your Kubernetes costs in half, whatever. Cut Kubernetes your Kubernetes costs in half. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man, that is the thing you want to do. Go to cast.ai and start free. I'm cutting my AWS. <laughs> Not sponsored deal in by half. them. Man, don't go to cast.ai. They ain't gave us no money, and I don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> and frankly, I don't understand Kubernetes. So, yeah. Yeah. And telling me I'll cut my bill in half is not really a good way to grab my attention, honestly. <laughs> no, it's not. Because <laughs> usually I'm like, okay, but what am I giving up for this? 
So Clean Feet does have this new feature uh, where they are providing a way to. Tomasi uh, just got the Mastodon. Yes, I did. Because <laughs> I have not turned off notifications on the back, as we discussed in the last episode. <laughs> and he just got. Yeah, Taylor, one. appreciate it. Uh, don't stop distracting me. No more mentioning me right now. I'm trying to do a show. I'm a professional here. <laughs> but Clean Feet does have this new feature. The other feature that they also have that I was going to start out attempting to use here until I saw this feature that's currently in beta for giving you a basically a master mix of all of your audio is auxes. So as you have guests in Clean Feet, you can route their audio to an aux. Uh, device and you can select whatever device you show up on your computer to route that specific audio to so obviously for me you know i'm thinking loopback devices if i got three people in here i mm. can send each one of their audio to a different aux device grab that audio with audio hijack and have each one recorded to a backup recorder uh with independent tracks right because i'm all about the backups uh Speaking of backups, uh, Mike, I don't know if you listened to Connected this week. I have uh, not yet. But anybody who just really wants to hear the extreme, you can skip through the episode if you choose to. Like, you know, that's, that's not my show. Uh, <laughs> but skip through to where they are uh, critiquing Steven's Mac setup mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. the number of drives he has. Um, yeah, it, it, it makes for entertaining. To me, it makes for entertaining listening at the same time. I can, I can empathize with his need to have a ton of backups. Uh, but even I think he's going a little overboard is all I'll say. So give that a listen. But uh, yeah, so uh, Taylor has reached out and said thanks for the shout out. And she agrees with us. Uh, so, yep, there we go. But we were trying a new thing with routing audio and clean feed because as me and Michael have been discussing, one of the things that I believe he would absolutely be good at and I am probably going to back into doing a little bit is uh, running clean feed sessions for people to get them higher quality recordings. So more ways to be able to provide good audio routing out as well. I was also going to stream into a Zoom room had I gotten everything working on time. That didn't happen. Yeah. So next yeah. week, actually, I was setting this up in practice for next week because we got a big show coming up next week. Actually, we do. Super excited about that. And uh, thanks, Jeff, for initiating this idea. Because if it, if Jeff hadn't reached out to me, I don't think we would have actually reached out to Sean. Uh, well, mm, we would have. It just wouldn't have been when when I did though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Although I probably would have actually reached out to him if you were going to be out of town next weekend, but you're, I need to take that off my calendar too. I got a notification today. Mike's <laughs> going this weekend. I was like, wait, no, no, he's not. Yeah, I am actually going to be in town. Everyone else is leaving town, but me. So, well, and probably Ben and maybe Nicholas. <laughs> so, um, I don't know who's leaving town next weekend. <sighs> So I bought channels. Well, I got a trial of channels today. All right. And I'm probably going to cancel it. Um, (laughs) I like the channels interface. I think it's an issue with Spectrum though. So the the problem that was going to be solved with channels was Mallory had – I also got a trial of Fubo TV that I most definitely will be canceling in the next 48 hours because that's $74 a month and I am not prepared to pay for that. Anyways, um, the problem to be solved was Mallory was going to do some work today and there was a – 
Colorado at Oregon Ducks game. And she wanted to watch the Ducks game. And she said, it'd be cool if you could record that. And we don't pay Spectrum for DVR. So I said, ah, perfect use of channels. So I went and downloaded channels, got it installed, got it set up, got it connected to my Spectrum uh, account. It verified the channels that we had access to. And then I couldn't find the game. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, I, I just could not find the game at all. However, uh, I did some Googling around and found out that it was on Fubo TV. So I said, okay, we'll go ahead and install Fubo or we'll get a free trial of Fubo TV and I'll connect that to channels, which is really cool. That is cool that you can connect multiple different providers and get all the content in one. Mm -hmm. The problem is it found the game tomorrow, not today. I'm like, the game isn't tomorrow. I don't understand what's going on. So it could be an issue with the data provided by the by the TV providers. Um, I did get a recording of a random thing, and that is nice that you have unprotected data, uh, unprotected videos on your hard drive. He means and tomorrow, DRM videos. He means they're free. They're open. There you you can play them anywhere. Yes. Yes. Including in Quick Look. <laughs> so it was really nice to be able to just see that. Um, and, and the setup experience was super simple. Um, I think there's some room to rename the channels that it pulls in because that's a little wonky on my end. I don't know about yours. But I was easily – like I, didn't, I thought I was going to have to sign in with my password and everything. Nope. You just download the channels app and it's like, oh, we see a channel server on the network. We're going to connect to that. Downloaded it to the iPhone. Downloaded it to the Apple TV. So I like that. I just don't watch enough TV to make it worth 80 bucks a year. But uh, downloaded it and kind of enjoying it. It didn't solve the problem that I needed. So for those who are curious, well, what'd you do? Because, you know, happy wife, happy life. Uh, did she not get a DVR video? Oh, she did. Fubo offers a DVR. So we hit the record button in Fubo, and now she's in the other room watching the football game. Uh, that Don't tell her. Actually, I already told her that the Ducks won, but, you know. Yeah, but yeah. it's not just that they won. It's how did they win, though? Yeah, forty-two to zero. Okay, so I'm not watching that. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not watching that. Like, uh, yeah, Siri told me the scores. My, so. my kid got to be playing in order for me to sit and watch a game with that score. Like, right. I'm just like, no, no, that's that's outrageous. Yeah, she's she's in the other room shopping. I'm 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 not I'm not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> shopping for something while she has football on. Oh man! So so football did actually have the game on today yep. for you to record. Okay. Yep. yep. And was- and channels pulled it in, but it showed tomorrow. So what I did is I set up a pass for ducks, and we'll see if it actually records a couple ah, of games. So here's what I wonder is happening because I was thinking mm-hmm. about this because it is a it, it, that game is probably available to you locally on like uh like a local channel you could get over yep. in Nintendo. ABC. Yep. ABC. Yep. So that may be why I haven't actually run into that issue because I haven't been trying to grab any sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wonder if that's the reason. That would make sense because it's exactly 24 hours after the game actually starts. Like the actual kickoff time mm-hmm. is 24 hours. Now, what I might do Doug didn't make me buy this, but I'm sure Doug has a recommendation. What I might do is look into one of these TV tuner antennas. antennas because yeah. the only thing we pay for cable for is the football season. Like that's the only thing we watch on TV, everything else is streamed. So 
that might make me get it and keep channels. But yeah, I did play with channels. Uh, kind of like the interface. It's 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 really nice though. Like it just works. Um, I did have a little issue. I don't know if you've experienced this. When I was on the iPhone, and this could be I am still on beta, full transparency. When I was on the iPhone and I started playing some content in channels, uh, some live content, if I flick, the audio content stutters. I don't know if you've ever noticed that uh, while voiceovers reading. Um, I haven't played with it recently enough to say. I don't think I encountered that the first time I used it, mm. though. Um, but, you know, could be hiccups, could be updates, could be yes. any number of things. You know, come to think of it, I don't think I've seen a channel's update since iOS 17 either. Uh, uh, I could have missed it in that 37 app update <laughs> day I had one day. Uh, but I don't think I've seen that either. So that, that could be just a, a, a glitch here or there. I am on 17. I know I went up earlier than I said I was, but uh, there's reasons. What pushed you over the edge? I forget. Or do you not want to talk about it? No, I won't talk about it, man. Okay. <laughs> then you get to come up with the next topic. I'll tell you about it when we stream it. <laughs> uh, well, actually, so no, you, you actually kind of know the reason if you think about it, though. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I needed to test iCloud shared passwords. Uh, yeah. Which actually takes us really to another simple. topic. So, because I shared a password group with Michael today. Yeah. Like, that was nice. I got the notification, tapped on it. It asked if I wanted to share. I tapped the sh agree and share or whatever. And then it gave me an opportunity to move some passwords over there. And then it showed me everything you put in there. Like, that that was the process. I have not went back to look for any passwords or tried to sign in with anything that you've put in iCloud passwords. It did give me a warning because apparently I'm still – or I. You still have some devices that are updated. Yep, I have a Mallory's MacBook that isn't updated um, because Sonoma is not officially out yet. But it told me that that device is not compatible with the password sharing feature. So, and all that means is you won't be able to see the share passwords on those devices. So, like, I can't see them on the Mac at the moment. So, how is the experience sharing? passwords with me so sharing was pretty easy other than one thing that i'm gonna ding apple for which i've noticed actually I, unfortunately i'm not a normal icloud keychain user i probably would have noticed as well before now but if you go into settings on your iphone and you go into passwords you, know, you do the face id or whatever to unlock it if you just flick you're gonna miss the buttons for your password options how to change what you use for autofill or the share thing all of that you have to actually touch the screen yep but other than that the process of sharing was pretty straightforward uh, i went in i created a group and i um gave it a name i invited a person it does say the per people that you're inviting have to be in your contacts uh, i invited michael and i um Selected a couple of passwords, one of which may actually be useful, which was the gravity kit. But other than that, I think the rest of them are probably passwords that either aren't good for anything or have been changed since I was last using iCloud Keychain. But I just wanted to throw some stuff in there to see how it worked. Yeah. Uh, and then I did also create a family share group uh, as well to prepare for that because we may be moving the family stuff over to iCloud Keychain. That'll make it simpler. I don't think Tia's going to like 1Password 8 first off because she's still not on that yet. But when she updates mm -hmm. to 17, I think she's going to have to go to 1Password 8. I don't think she's going to like it. What's Gravity Styles Pro? Uh, that is a plugin that allows you to customize your gravity forms visually. Okay. 
That doesn't sound accessible. <laughs> mm, it actually kind of sort of is. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so that was the one that I'm like, I don't know what this is. I knew what the other one was, but. Uh, so basically that one, it puts the control. So you know how you can go into the customizer settings and like change the colors through this main mm-hmm. theme. Like it gives you a panel in there to customize, you know, what does a drop down field look like? What is the background going to look like? And you just, okay. you know, you got to know the colors you want to put in there. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's pretty accessible actually. I would not have expected it to be so either. But yeah, the shared passwords feature is looking pretty nice. Um, and that also means that you're going to be able to share pass keys for accounts that you need to share access to, which was one of the concerns, if people remember, that I brought up about or around pass keys is, you know, they're going to have to put in a solution that allows you to share these things. Otherwise, what do I do if I have now turned on... Um, you know, pass keys for the family PayPal account. How does Tia get in? I mean, she doesn't know there's a family PayPal account until right now anyway, but uh, <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> Surprise. The point is, how would she get into it if I have a pass key set up for that? Now, I mean, I guess you could fall back to a password at some point, but the idea is to get away from that being a fallback. Uh, so that works nice. Uh, pretty clean operation. I honestly would recommend for a lot of people, if you're just trying to store passwords, pass keys, and even some, you know, random secure notes here and there, like iCloud keychain really does look pretty nice. And it's a whole lot better at that automatically offering to save a new password for you in the browser, especially on mobile, than, uh, something like one password or, or Bitwarden is. I am fully in the iCloud keychain world. Um, I don't pay for one password right now. I'm not sure if I'm sold on the fact that I don't pay for one password right now, <laughs> mainly because <laughs> I needed to add a serial number or a license key. And I'm like, I don't even know where to put this anymore. And Demasi made the suggestion of adding a secure note in Keychain, and I needed to play with that. But ultimately, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just going to rely on the Gmail email search because I'm not leaving Google anytime soon. Um, and and that was my first hiccup. Everything else has ran pretty smoothly. Just uh, hitting Command-Shift-A, I got used to that keystroke a lot faster than I thought I would, and now I get frustrated when it doesn't work, and I have to go grab the data out of 1Password, because I, I, I did not get exporting my passwords and then importing them into keychains to work, and, and honestly, I'm kind of glad I didn't, because I have a lot of rogue username and passwords that really I probably don't need anymore. And so I'm just adding them as I need, because if you don't pay for one password, you can still access your data. You just can't unlock your data with autofill. And so when I do run into a website where I'm like, oh, I need the username password for that, I'll go search it in one password and then I put it in and then uh, iCloud 75% of the time prompts me and says, hey, do you want to be able to remember this? And I mark always allow or I mark save password and then we're good. The 25% of the time it does not prompt me is because I had a time where I was running both password managers at the same time and I would mark never remind me. And you know what? When it when when you tell Apple never remind me or never prompt me again, it will remember to never prompt you again and it will never prompt you for that password again, which is good because it doesn't get in the way when you're in the case that I was. But it also is problematic when you're trying to change over to iCloud as your password manager. So if you find yourself in that situation, the 
best way to get there is to hit command comma, unlock your password vault right there in Safari, and then search for the website. And there will be a password entry for that website that says never remind. And if you just delete that password entry, then the next time you go fill in a password, it will prompt you and ask you if you want to save that there. So that's how you solve that to get it to prompt you again. Good tip. Good tip. Yeah, but I cloud keychain with the sharing is looking pretty good on 17. Uh, Tia should be updating sometime over the next couple of days. So we'll see how that works. I think that's probably going to be what we switch to. Already, though, I'm already like, oh, man, I need some different controls. Like, can I, can I change permission levels for people? Like, can this person have read-write access and this person only have read access? Can I get that? Because uh, what I'm thinking about is like being able to share some of the passwords for like Disney Plus, uh, the streaming stuff that I pay for that is getting outrageous, I tell you, uh, to be able to allow the kids to be able to sign in on the odd occasion that they get signed out. I don't have to text the pass. I message the password to them, uh, which is a little nerve wracking. Can't least. you just share the password with them? Isn't there some sort of way to share passwords without actually sharing a password vault? Do you know what I'm saying? You have to airdrop it. It gets weird. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have everything set up on their on their devices in order for that to work. I tried that one time. Uh, but most of my stuff is in one password, so I'm going to have to start moving stuff over to iCloud, I think. Uh, I do have a few things. I have been setting up passkeys today because on iOS 17, if you're a one password user, you can start adding passkeys. It looks like Bitwarden also has that. I don't know when they added it. I just saw them show up as an option for where do you want to fill passkeys from? Or save passkeys to or something like that. Uh, Bitwarden showed up because I had recently downloaded that to uh, troubleshoot something for a customer. But I've been setting up passkeys. PayPal now has passkeys. So wouldn't let me sign in with a YubiKey, but, you know, I can get passkeys though. So Does passkeys on PayPal work on desktop? Because I implied or understood that PayPal passkeys only work on mobile. Hmm. So I actually set this up on mobile. So I'm going to okay. go and check. Yeah. Yeah, let me know because that would be interesting. Uh, I read that on Mastodon. I've been doing a lot more Mastodon reading lately, which is awesome. Mastodon is where it is, man. Social. It's 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 an actual social network where you can talk to people. Imagine that. Um, well, PayPal's not going to let me log in, so I may even show me a page. No, that's 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 lovely. <laughs> So, do you know how much time you spent picking or setting up pass keys on uh, your accounts today, or do you not know yet? Nope, I don't know because okay. I have not actually sat down to set up timing. I've been doing a little bit more uh, cleaning up. We've been doing a little bit more cleaning up of the office back here, organization stuff, and I've been preparing items to list on eBay. Mm. Mm, that's been got an to adventure. It. So we will. <laughs> I guess we'll touch upon this a little bit. Let's say two weeks because I, I don't even want to act like I'm going to we're going to get to it next week because I highly doubt it. Uh, but yeah. here's what we're going to be doing. I mentioned this a while back and then kind of slipped off of it because I hate it. I hate time tracking, but it's a thing I'm going to have to start doing and I need to know how long stuff takes. So I am going to try out timing um, on the Mac. They do not have an iOS app. They do have. Uh, a web API, so I'll you know write a 
create a couple of shortcuts or something to track time from there, from mobile. It will watch your Mac and like just basically keep track of what 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 you're doing in different apps. So if I spend, you know, a total of three hours in one day in Safari, well, okay, I know I spent three hours in Safari, you know, screen time could tell me that. But it'll also tell me what pages I was spending time on in Safari. So if I spent, you know, an hour and 15 minutes on the AT guy site, what that means I was an hour 15 minutes doing AT guy's work. And if the rest of the time I was on YouTube, well, that's where I was. Uh, not me though, because I don't watch YouTube. Uh, but it will also pull from screen time for other devices. So it will help some with iOS uh, as well as other devices to pull from your screen time usage on those devices to kind of fill in the time that you're not on the Mac. So I'll, I'll give people more of a insight into how it works and what it exactly does. I have used it or tried it out before in the past, but once I get it set up again and start using it, I have about two weeks worth of data, hopefully. Uh, so not the episode for October 2nd. That's, 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 uh, that's a big episode too, though. But the one for October 9th that we release, I'll be talking about timing. And Mike, are you going to try out these, um, interactive widgets with timery on iOS? That is the only reason I'm going to try out time. <laughs> I probably won't stick with it. So yes, I am going to, over the next two weeks, try out Timery, mainly because I want to play with these interactive widgets. Um, I got my hopes up that Waterminder would give interactive widgets, and I'm not apparently able to do that, or I need to go set up that those widgets. So I'm going to play with that as well. I did re-download Waterminder um, very Side note, if you know how to get Waterminder to open with Siri, please let me know because it tells me that I don't have any reminders about water when I don't <laughs> open Waterminder every time consistently. So. Wait, you, you didn't try Jeff's trick? I mean, not Jeff's, uh, JJ's trick? Uh, Waterminder app? Nope, open app Waterminder app. Oh, no, no, I didn't. But I will do some real-time follow-up as soon as Demasi starts talking about something. Because what I did do is add the Waterminder widget to my home screen so I can just so see can my Waterminder <laughs> and then just tap on that widget to open it. Because if you didn't know, uh, you can, when you add widgets to your home screen, if you tap on the widget, in most instances, I don't know about what these interactive widgets, because I haven't gotten one to, well, I haven't installed Timery, but uh, I haven't gotten it to work yet. Uh, you can just tap on the widget itself and that'll open the application which is awesome yeah and some apps you can configure what happens when you tap on it to open it so fantastical for example um typically for me my default is if i tap on the fantastical widget it opens it up in a new event screen already for me to start creating a new event which i don't know why i do that because i never create events that way um on Siri ios just tells me you don't have any reminders about app water <laughs> <laughs> uh, i wonder if i tell open waterminder app we'll see if that works so gotta love siri this is why i don't use siri as much but you know open app waterminder i don't know what you're doing wrong man work when i did it <laughs> how did you do it did you just tell it to open waterminder i said open app waterminder Huh, that is so weird. Anyways, I'm just going to keep tapping the, the widget. It, it, it works consistently for me. That's how I'm doing it. Um, <sighs> so I played around with the um, Just Press Record interactive widget. Mm, okay. Um, It did not work the way I expected it to. 
um, there's a record button. You tap on the record button and it starts a recording, which is great. I didn't think it was going to actually open the app, but it kind of feels like it opened the app for me mm. at the same time. That's not what I was expecting. Uh, you expect to just tap on it and it be and it'll start recording. And nothing else happen. Yeah. Aside that, from that change to a stop button or uh-huh. something. That, yeah. That's kind of what I expected. Yeah. We'll see how Timery works because Timery makes a little bit sense. We'll see if it, if it opens the app or how it, it handles it. I will play with that in the next two weeks and track some time. Got to track this other project I'm working on because – now I got to send them invoices every two weeks, man. That's the problem when you get involved in doing multiple different jobs, and then you're like, "When do I send this people invoices?" and and do I need to invoice these people, or are they just going to send me money, sir? <laughs> or time tracking? Now that is when I will track time uh, religiously if I know that's the only way I'm going to know how much I'm supposed to get paid. Yep. Yep. I'm lazy, so therefore I really try to go for an overall project structure. And and on the yes, there are ups and downsides to that. The, the upsides to it, the way in the way I see it, le- legitimately is nobody's stressing about how much time something takes. Right? If mm-hmm. I quote you a price of three thousand dollars to do a project, you're going to pay me three thousand dollars. Doesn't matter if it takes me five hours or fifty hours. Right? You, the client, don't have to worry about how much of a bill I'm possibly running up on you, which is great for the for for everybody's sanity. Um, the downside to that is, yeah, occasionally, especially when you're either venturing out into a new area or you're taking on something that is a little mm. larger than what you've done before, you may end up kind of screwing yourself because you will take a payment and figure out, oh, this took like twice as long as I thought it was going to take. And this is why time tracking is important. So you have a good estimation of how long exactly. that project's going to take. Yeah. See, we're professionals, man. That was a very smooth transition. We didn't plan that. It sounded like we did, didn't it? Yeah, I know. But no, we're just gonna, talking. I was gonna knock the mic out of the out of the the uh, mic drop boom arm and do mic drop, and then I realized this might cost me two hundred dollars, and I want to take on another little project to replace replace it. <laughs> no, I don't even want to buy. I don't even want to contemplate buying a new microphone right now. I don't. I don't want to talk about. Mm. There is an interface I'm very interested in, but I'm. Oh man, you know I need to email these people. Yeah. Let me put that in Todoist. I have been, I'm not going to say consistently using Todoist, but if I put something in Todoist, when I get reminded about it, 85% of the time I go ahead and do it. Uh, so that has been helpful. Now, some of these things that are in there that have been in there for a while, I don't know what to tell you about those. Hmm. Uh, I fell off that wagon a, a couple of months ago. And then there's that shared project that none of us look at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's things in there that I actually use. That that is that is an example of one where if I recently if I put something in there, I may forget to check it off sometimes, but I will get the reminder. And I think that again, going back to the whole to you know to do manager in general, one of my issues is. Not it's either the friction involved sometimes in getting the information in to the manager in the first place, or it's that friction or that cognitive load of switching out of work mode to like, oh, let me go find this task in here so I can hit this button that will check it off. Like Do I they done have interactive it. widgets yet? Uh, I don't know because I don't that have a to do as widget. Be worth playing with. Yeah, I do need that? to put a to do as widget on my on my screen because they may have those. Uh, 
that is one of the reasons I wanted to update though was interactive widgets. Fantastic House looks interesting. You have to explore the screen if you want to see events that you have. Okay. Uh, but it will list the calendar and you can navigate forward and back. But not super useful at this point for me necessarily. Uh, but that's there. If you're having a problem with Fantastic Out, like I have had forever, and Demasi has told me this probably 10 or 12 times, uh, it just finally clicked with me, and now I love viewing events in Fantastic Out. I don't actually open the Fantastic Out app. I just hit Control Option Space, which you can change yours to uh, the mini win- to get the mini window to pop up, and then I just view right arrow to the event list. And when I find an event that has a Google Meet or a Zoom meeting in it, I just hit VO Space, and it opens Google Meet or Zoom. I don't have to fiddle with it anymore. I don't have to try to go to Actions to edit an event just to get a Zoom link. That is now the way that I interact. The only time I open the fantastic how app it itself is to check to see if I have something on a date someone wants to book something or or I'm interested in adding something and then I do control option space I type in the event that I'm adding and I hit enter I get the fancy little sound that it plays and then I'm done with it so if you've ever had problems with getting links to activate that you have in your events check out the control option space and then locate the events list and then uh, get that going I I have a lot of reminders and events list that I need to clean up because right now uh, to get to my first task for today, I have to VO right arrow like 12 times to get past all my <laughs> reminders. But, you know, it's the little things. It works. <laughs> so a couple of more uh, fantastic tips for especially on the Mac specifically, although one of these is also will apply to mobile. But on the Mac, uh, one, that thing you do, I just bring up the mini window and go look at the calendar view and it'll tell me if I have any events scheduled on a specific day and I can click on them and see what I can click on it and then go to the events list to see what is going on on that day. So I can tell somebody, yes, I can do this at that time. No, I can't. So what I'm saying is I never open the fantastic app, like the full blown app on the Mac, unless I need to update like, and typically top grade and terminal takes care of that too so i very rarely open it unless i need to change settings uh because you're skipping over a whole calendar when you go look at the events list in the mini window so i just make use of that uh, yeah i just realized that because i do skip over it but and you can navigate that that sort of like you can in the table so mike with the uh numpad commander you know um I don't know if two, eight, four, and six. Yep. So, okay. Yeah. You are using the same ones I'm using. So, four yeah. and six will take you, you know, forward and back through a week. Two and eight, uh, well, eight and two will take you up or down, you know. So, if you go to Wednesday and then you want to check two Wednesdays ahead, you know, hit eight and you're now skipping through just going down the, the row, yep. the column for, for Wednesday. Uh, and it'll tell you, like, you know, two events on this day or whatever. And sometimes, like, on Wednesdays, if I just have one event, I already know what that is. You know, it's the uh-huh. team meeting, right? Yeah. So then I'm like, you know, sure, so long as it's not at that time, then I can do it. Yeah. Uh, but if you VO space on it, then it now has that active, which means now you can look at the events on that day. If you have, like, why do I have three events on a Thursday? What the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, huh. yeah, you know, Tia's got that thing going on. This is some weird holiday. I don't even know what that means. And, oh, yeah, there's that meeting. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. That, yeah, okay. I will play with that. other tip I will share is make use of calendar sets. So, yeah, like I you, I, too, also have uh, Todoist. Well, I have Todoist connected to 
Fantastico. I'm starting to kind of drift away from using that unless it's quick entry sometimes, maybe. I don't know. Uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> I want to, other than that, most times I don't want to have to VO. I mean, one, because it's highlighting my failure in completing a bunch of tasks because I have to VO yep. right arrow past something yep. 13 times before I can see what's going on today. Uh, taking the path of least resistance, I just made a calendar set called Bedrock and I don't show any task. I just uncheck all of the chat task management lists in that view. So all I see are specific calendars. And then you can set that calendar set to be what shows in that events list in your mini calendar. Yep. Okay. And you can change those if you have calendar sets. So like I have, I think three, two or three, three. So of course there's all calendars that is going to be, let me not tell you a story. So let me quickly <laughs> check. Cause there's, let's see the, I think it is. Uh, let's see. Okay, yep, control plus a number. So for all calendars, that's always going to be control one. Uh, and then you can see what your calendar sets are going to be. So like that my bedrock is useful. control two. Uh, AT guys is control three. And I think these are showing up for me in the order that I created them. Nope, mm -hmm. actually, no, they're not because family's been there for the longest and it's control four. But at any rate, I can switch between those very quickly. Okay. Control or command? Control. That's why I had to go look to make sure yeah. I wasn't finna tell you wrong because yeah. I, I was thinking like it's either option or command. Nope, it's control. Control two, control three, control four. Control one will bring you back to just all calendars and show you everything that you have connected in Fantastical. Yeah, I, now that I've taken on another project, I'm trying to add events to that calendar, but I also need to be aware, but I don't always need to see those events. That's on the calendar sets might be something to look into. So I will play with those and follow up on that because Fantastical is amazing. Like, can you complete reminders in that mini window, do you know? Yep. Okay. Maybe I'm just going to go through and complete all those reminders for you. <laughs> Like some of them are reminders. For some reason, I put due dates of them. Look up this book. Look this book up. I'm like, I'm never going to do that. That was from 2022. Like, why is that still in my way? But I don't got time to do that because someone asked me about a date. So I need to go and, or I need to be on a Zoom meeting in two minutes. I need to just skip past all of this. Right. <sighs> uh, tip for anybody too that's on Fantastical Premium. First of all, you do get card hop as a part of that, uh, whether you're monthly or annual, whether you're individual or family, uh, you do get card hop as well, which is a great app. 93% of the time for me. Um, but also just be aware that your next renewal. Well, if you're doing annual, I don't, I don't know when it kicks in for monthly, but if you're doing annual, most likely, unless you renewed maybe two months ago, most likely your next, well, whenever your next annual renewal comes up, there's going to be a price increase. Mm. If you're on family, it's going to 90 bucks. <laughs> Can you tell I'm not happy about it? I yeah, really wasn't just super, a little bit. Wasn't really super happy giving them 65 bucks a year before you add the Alabama tax, but touch it up to 72. But 90 bucks, guess what? I got to give FlexiBits $103 or something like that in a month. Are you going to renew, though? More likely, yeah, man. Because there's not anything like it. There's not anything like it. Uh, I have attempted to do, and I and I know where I'm going to fail at. Like, unfortunately, this is one of those scenarios where number one, I finally got Tia comfortable putting stuff in the calendar. This is not a recent thing; it's just like over the t over the years, getting her on Fantastical has been the 
best solution for when she needs to put something in the calendar. She she doesn't do it in the way that I would do it necessarily, but she does it more consistently now than ever since she started using Fantastic Al. So not yanking that away from her. I don't want to give it up either, frankly, just because like I get stuff in my calendar and, and, and booked and scheduled and all of that a whole lot quicker than I would in any other manner that I may have to go through and do it. Uh, the only solution I have considered, and I have actually done this before, and this is an option for people like if you, you can add events with Siri, you can add events from Spotlight out here on iOS 17. I hadn't tried that because I don't, you know, I just search for apps for Spotlight. That's about all I do. Um, or if you happen to be a drafts user, uh, there is also a way there to send the contents of a draft to a calendar. I have tried that. I kind of sort of cheated because I was adding the events to Fantastic House. So I don't <laughs> know what the, if the syntax would be different to create it in Apple's calendar. Um, it works. I still occasionally use that action, but it's not the main way that I do it. Primarily, I will sit at the Mac, hit command option. To, wait, hold on. What is my shortcut? I just did it. Yep. Command option space because I changed my mini window shortcut to that. Yep. Um, and what does command option space do for me? Probably nothing. It opens launch bar. Ah. I don't know what part of launch bar, but it opens launch bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm probably going to pay for it. Gotcha. I'm probably going to send you an invoice, too, because, you know. Sounds good. <laughs> but, yeah. For the 30 bucks difference, that way. Yeah. See? See? That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Uh, but just, you know, for, for people. Oh, that. speaking of that, though, like, that does remind me of a thing. Most times on Apple platforms, on Apple with iCloud and family sharing, you're doing a family subscription, and that is restricted to people that are in your family. Right. Um. Fantastical happens to be an app. I don't know if there are others, but I know Fantastical is one of these where if I, I pay for a family subscription. Now, two of the three licenses being used on that family subscription are people within my family. That's me and Tia. But Michael, who's not in my Apple family group, also gets to use it because they don't tie you to Apple's family share. You go share your, your invite with people from the web interface. So um, that's all I'll say about that. Just letting people know that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Don't break it for us, Fantastic Hal. I don't think they would, though, because they, yeah. they intentionally had to go outside of Apple to make that work in the first place. Also, they, they were strategically thinking about selling this to companies, which is also an option. Ah, okay. Okay. See, like, Tia just added my dentist appointment to the calendar. Is the company plan cheaper than the family plan? No. Okay. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it is not. Although rumor well i listen to the talk show so i'm not going to say rumor it is highly spent i would not say to expect to see fantastical on android sometime in the future would not be an unfair expectation hmm hmm they would do so, amazing on Android because yeah. even with Google, I can't I can't natural language input things on the Google calendar on Android. Now I'm just extrapolating some offhand comments to Michael Simmons, who's one of the founders of FlexiBits, made on the talk show with John Gruber. Uh, uh -huh. But you know, I, I believe that would be the platform. I mean, I can't really see them spending a lot of time trying to put it on Windows. I mean, seriously. Uh, so but, I mean. I'm not saying that it will be pointless yeah. to do it on Windows, but yeah, or give me a web 
tool. So there's kind of on. a web interface already, which is another reason I kind of don't really think he's talking about Windows. I think he's going Android is, is what I mm-hmm. think they're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. Because there's kind of a web interface to do some stuff for Fantastica. I don't know how much you can do there now. I do know that they have been continuing to enhance that and add more to that web interface. So I think that is going to be the solution for people not on mobile that are not on a Mac gotcha. is to use the web interface. So I think they're kind of trying to build that out, you know, over time and slowly add feature parity to that. Uh, maybe not feature parity, but some flexibility there. Um, they're, they're building a platform is what they're doing. So I, that's why I think Android would be the logical next step. He right. didn't say Android specifically. He's like, you know, on a platform, it's probably coming. Can't hmm. say, you know, spot all I'm saying, you know, kind of like one of those kind of wink, wink things. It's like, yeah, you're yeah. talking about Android, yeah. right? Cause that, that's the platform that everybody would want. Listen, I, I think I said this at one point in time. Like, I got to go back to iOS just cause I don't have Fantastic out, man. Like, I can't deal yep. with it. Yeah. I might be able to figure out a solution for drafts or to get me 75, 80% of what I get out of drafts, which is I open up a thing and I can start typing or dictating. Like I right. might, I can probably find a solution for something like that on Android. What I don't have, period, is a fantastic app. Yep. Very important app to me. Has been since 2012, 13, whenever I started. One of those two years I started using it. So, uh, yeah. I want to back up and mention a, a very, what probably at this point is an old episode, uh, super old episode. I don't know how old it is, but Jonathan Mosin on his Living Blindfully. Michael mentioned this a few weeks ago too, but I actually have listened to the entire episode at this point now. Um, there are a few parts that if I had to listen to it again, if I know what I know now, I would probably skip, but overall his, his interview with Greg Pierce from, uh, Agile Tortoise, the developer of drafts. Uh, and his kind of walk through an explanation of how he uses drafts uh, was very well done. So give that a listen if you're interested in using drafts. Episode 238 of the Living Blindfully podcast, uh, where Jonathan goes through and gives a comprehensive tutorial. Uh, it looks like it was published back, not too old, July 9th of 23. So, uh, man. I don't want to think about the fact that it's almost October now. <laughs> Man, listen, we're not talking about this. Not even having this conversation. I don't know what the date is. What is time anyway? Is that really yeah, a thing or did somebody yeah, just make that? I think it's a Roman concept. Great episode if you are interested in learning how to navigate drafts and use drafts. Um, gave me some ideas and caused Demasi to send me a message to be like, hey, you should go re-listen to this because he probably knows me. And uh, I listened to it at 1.5x while I was doing something else because I'm like, oh, it's drafts. I already use it. And I gleamed a couple of things, but I should go back and re-listen to it or at least look at the transcript. That's one thing. If you didn't know, if you go to livingblindfully.com, you can search for drafts and get a transcript or the audio for the episode. Nice. So – do you have another topic? Otherwise, I'm using Pocket Cast. I don't know that I want to talk about Pocket Cast because I'm a little frustrated with it. And I'm about – Jeff crin- will cringe if he hears this part of the episode. But I'm about to just go delete all my Pocket Cast profile data and just start from scratch. Because Pocket Cast just worked – not Pocket Cast. I'm about to go delete all my Overcast data and just start from scratch because – Overcast just worked. Pocket Cast looks great. I love the analytics it grabs, 
<clears throat> we won't talk about how much podcasts I actually listen to, but now I can tell you how much podcasts I listen to, <laughs> how much time I save by playing at 1.5x, or how much time I save by skipping forward. Um, but it won't import the OPML file that we have. Like it refuses to import it for some reason. So that's what caused me to think, well, maybe I should just go reset up all these podcasts. And then I told Jeff that the other day and he said, I'm not going to go reset up all my podcasts. I'm not going to go resubscribe to all of those podcasts. And then I went to go resubscribe to a podcast and pocket cast today. I'm like, this is a horrible experience. I don't know that I want to do this, especially for all the podcasts I want to subscribe to. And that made me think, huh, maybe I should just go delete Overcast, reopen it, reinstall it, reopen it, and then choose the new profile option and start with a fresh, clean slate. Because adding a podcast to Overcast isn't a horrible experience. And most of the podcasts I listen to, I already know what they are. Yeah, I I, I have a recent export of my OPML, and I've been meaning to go through and just kind of do a top to bottom deletion of everything because there's stuff that I keep saying oh yeah I'm gonna listen to that show at some point yeah I'll take that show out and like it's just sitting there I haven't opened it at all there's like 84 episodes of some show that I've never listened to and I subscribe to it for show one like I haven't listened to it but there are things I consistently listen to and there are new things that I'm interested in but I think the reason I, I, I am somewhat subconsciously resistant to even be like oh hey what send me a link to that podcast Mike. like i'll casually say that sometimes but i don't ever follow up and be like hey send me a link like really so i can check because it's like man i got so many things people already sent me links to and i ain't listened yeah. to it yet so I, I've been thinking about and exporting my opml is because well what if i forgot about a show or it's like you know i really did want to i forgot that they stopped publishing that show and that's why i was holding on to it so let me go back and grab that again like that that's the reason for the opml export in case i'm like you know listen it's a backup just go with it it's just a backup speaking of backup backblaze.com get yours if you don't have it it's awesome uh also the price is about to go DW and use demasi's affiliate link you have uh, one, right? I, actually yes i do also i should think i may have set up a redirect Hold on, I gotta, I gotta do some, gotta do some follow up, real time follow up. Well, I was gonna give you some real time follow up because I just went back to Safari, and I was like, oh, let me log into PayPal and see if it lets me use my my uh, passkey. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't look like it's gonna give me that option. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the option for passkeys. Nope. Okay. So apparently the pass keys for one password only work on the mobile site, I guess. Mm, I don't know if it's one password or PayPal that they only work on the mobile site. I think PayPal. Because I think one password pass keys work. Slash. Slash. I told you Mallory was shopping. I got the Amazon notification when I opened email. I knew it. <laughs> I'm not dumb. Uh. But did I say one password? I meant PayPal. Uh, it's yeah, not showing the option for passkeys on the website from the Mac. One password passkeys work on mobile. Well, on iOS because they're not on Android yet. Uh, at least the last time I looked. On desktop platforms, desktop operating systems, um, you have to have the one password extension or whatever installed in your browser. So I haven't tested that. 
because the last time I tried the one password extension in my browser, it was horrible. It was horrendous. Mm. Mm. Made such a terrible experience. So anyway, um, yes, I do have an affiliate link. Go to uh, youronpay.com slash TW and grab Backblaze as a backup solution. The price is increasing to, I think, nine bucks a month starting sometime in October. Um, Listen, if all you can do is do monthly, do monthly. But it's a great solution. There's no caps on, on the data backup amount. And it's great. I sleep well at night knowing that my MacBook Air sitting here and the Mac Mini server sitting up there uh, is in Backblaze. Mm. Because if something happens, you can restore. So you're not using Arc anymore, correct? Or nope. are you? I'm okay. not using Arc game. I probably at some point I'm going to deploy Arc to do like a time machine like sort of local backup deal because mm-hmm. I don't really see the point of doing a clone at this point because you can't make bootable clones anymore. So, uh, you know, but now I stopped using Arc because I sat down and this is a business decision for me. I sat down and started looking at my bill for Wasabi and, you know, of course I could have, I extrapolated across some other services too, but the, primary places i spend money for storage purposes are sync.com which is my crypto you know that that syncing service uh that i use and uh wasabi because wasabi's billing is kind of flat now b2 has caught up with their pricing with wasabi so it's about the same thing you're paying about five to six bucks per terabyte of storage that you you back up uh s3 is still sort of kind of finicky enough with me that i don't want to I don't want to sit here and have to calculate my bill every month. I want to be able to look at it and be like, okay, so I'm storing roughly X number of terabytes. And then I go look and yes, I'm storing X number of terabytes. Uh, the bill matches up with what I am spending and what I'm storing. Uh, but I started looking at my bill for Wasabi and that is going to just keep increasing. Uh, not exponentially, but it's going to keep increasing. If I keep throwing computer backups there with external hard drives and all of that, that is pushing the bill up to a point that financially doesn't make sense. Uh, so I have now, I haven't cleaned out my Wasabi, which I do need to do, but I am using Wasabi to store immutable backups of people's websites because that does make sense because that's customer data. Uh, for my computer backups, it's more financially uh, sensible. It's not really the right way to say that. It makes more financial sense to give Backblaze seven bucks a month or nine bucks a month or whatever and have unlimited backup storage. So it doesn't matter how big my internal hard drive is. It doesn't matter how big the external drive I plug into my Mac is. I'm going to pay them the same amount of money. Um, and it's all encrypted. So same deal I had with Arc, which was, you know, uh, encrypted before it leaves my computer. Uh, I can remotely access it. It's restorable. Uh, and there's that bonus that, hey, if I really need my data back super fast because something happened, I can give them a couple hundred bucks. They'll overnight me a, flat, a hard drive from Backblaze. And if I send it back, they'll get my money back. Can't really call up Wasabi and be like, hey, uh, there's a bucket. Can you zip that up and send it to me on a hard drive, please? So... Uh, having a backup of your local computer data is definitely useful, uh, especially when it comes to client data, because uh, you don't want to lose any of that for sure. Nope. So my backup strategy kind of goes like this. Uh, I pay Backblaze because it's, it's more financially 
feasible to pay them a flat rate for unlimited storage versus continuing to add to my wasabi bill. Uh, wasabi for me now is uh, some media stores for a few websites and mostly backups for websites. Uh, so I just automate the backup process of databases and uh, media folders. Uh, I have gone through the process. I think I still have maybe a couple of more to do, but I have basically gotten everybody's data to where it's immutable. So should something happen with uh, any sort of ransomware or something like that, and somebody's site gets encrypted or hacked or taken over, you're not going to be able to go up the chain to the backups and start deleting those or modifying those backups because they are immutable, which means you cannot change them. They have a mutable lock on them for X number of days. And once that day, once those days have passed, let's call it 90 days, for example. Mm-hmm. After 90 days, you could go make changes to that backup. But I'm usually purging those backups at that point, too, because they're, they're older than 90 days. Uh, so Wasabi's doing that for WordPress sites for, for customers. Um, I will probably at some point, once I clean up my backup stuff, my, my computer backup stuff out of Wasabi, set up a, a new backup with Art to do a less frequent backup of very mission critical data to Wasabi as well, just as another solution. Uh, Cause I am a little nuts like Steven. I just don't have that many hard drives in my house, man. Still too much for these hard drives, man. Uh, but having good backups is definitely a solution. Backblaze to me is one of the simplest ways to go. Uh, time machine is something a lot of people use on the Mac. I don't frown at time. I've never actually used time machine in my life. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. I've always either been a Backblaze user or using ARQ to back up to whatever storage. Now, a nice thing about ARQ, if you don't have a ton of storage, you know, a, a lot of stuff that you need to actually back up. I mean, I have a four terabyte drive connected to my computer and about half of that is full. So that's also mm-hmm. going to Backblaze, right? Again, right. I don't want to pay for those two terabytes. That's 12 bucks in Wasabi just for those two terabytes of that drive right there, right? That's why I say financially, that does not make it make, make much sense for me to keep doing that. Uh, where something like ARC is still useful, if you have a lot of business customer data, and let's say you can't get a plan with, with, with um, Backblaze because you're backing up servers or, or different things like that, like if, you're, if your usage falls outside of, of, of Backblaze's personal computer black backup, uh, Arc is a good solution there because it can be deployed across computers. The one thing they have not done and that I wish they would do that would, to me, boost them up in the enterprise or the small business area a little bit is let me export configurations for backup mm-hmm. sets and, mm-hmm. and move those around between computers. Uh, but another good use for Arc is if you're one of these folks uh, who pays for a large uh, Google Drive or Dropbox uh, storage or OneDrive storage, right? You have a terabyte or two terabytes or, or whatever, and you're using a fraction of that for your actual storage, but you just need some of the, the paid for features. Uh-huh. And you're sitting there with a terabyte and a half free. Arc will back up to those places. It'll still encrypt your data before it goes to, to Google Drive or, or, you know, a part of the Google Drive data that I can't clean out right now is because it's in a hidden Arc folder. So I gotta set Arc mm-hmm. up at some point to see that data so I can purge it. Uh, but that that is also an option. Now, ARC right now, as I know, I think is 40 bucks a year uh, mm. for a license. 
Uh, it's not horrible, but still, like that's what I was using my OneDrive space for when I had a lot of OneDrive, and I I do again. But Arc was, and I still have a lot of data on OneDrive from Arc that is encrypted. I'm not hugely worried about it because someone can get it and okay, enjoy. Uh, that has saved me a time or two when Mallory's like, "Hey, do you have these pictures?" I'm like, "Nope, sure don't." Uh, give me a couple hours though, because I might be able to find them, and and being able to open them with Arc was super nice. Yep, I actually have some pictures that I need to get out of Google Drive that are in Google Drive that were backed up with Arc years ago. Yeah, yep. Uh, I probably use Arc longer than I've used Backblaze for sure. Uh, ah. I bought a Arc Lifetime license a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> it was still on version 5, no version 4 maybe. Uh, it was just one of those random... It was one of those happy accidents where it shouldn't work. And when you see it work on one person's store, you're like, oh, man, if I build an e-commerce store, I got to make sure I don't let people get away with this. <laughs> there was a sale and then there was a coupon mm. and then there was another coupon. And it's like, you, you shouldn't pay to do that. But I did. Yeah. And I got a pretty good deal on my license. Nope. Actually, there was an upgrade coupon. So that's one coupon code. There was a sale and then there was another coupon code. Mm. So, yeah, I was able to stack two coupons up against the price that it was already being sold for, one of which gave me a discount because it was an upgrade coupon anyway. Uh, I shouldn't yeah. have been able to use that second coupon, uh, but I paid for Lifetime. And, and you got Lifetime. And I got Lifetime. And fairly, they have been honoring it. Like, they, they have not pulled any shenanigans over the years. You'd be like, oh, well, now, you know, because we're going to a subscription, you're going to have to start paying for your subscription. Nope, I don't have to. Do I have paid for the subscription before because I was going to use that as a solution to deploy to other people's computers to back them up. And as I thought about it and also started getting these wasabi bills, I was like, um, nope. backblaze. Yep, backblaze all the way. Uh, and I can do some of the sim. Actually, I can do it a little bit easier with backblaze too. I can, I can, you know, sit there as an admin to manage people's backups and maybe check in like, oh, okay, yeah, so-and-so's computer has been backing up routinely or, you know, pick up the phone. I'm like, hey, hey, Joe, what's going on, man? Hadn't seen a backup from you in like two weeks, dude. Like, what's going on? It's gotta, yeah. You got to plug that hard drive in, Joe, otherwise it's not going to back it up, all right? <laughs> well, on that note, did we cover everything you wanted to cover? Because next week's a big show, so we can't cover other things. <laughs> I'm sure we'll. It's us. We'll talk about more than just what we're planning to talk about. Oh no, man we we, we got we got a couple of things to go over next week. Can you hold on? I want to. So I want to shout out Scout. Suggested I look at four or five lab. Hold on, four or five home lab. So shout out to Scout from Macedon who suggested I look at four or five home lab dot com. I have not taken a look at that yet, uh, because regarding my ubiquity dream machine SE, is Velcro to the wall. So, <laughs> I ain't gonna worry about it until I move. It is it's doing fine, but I appreciate that. I will go actually go check this website out because uh, it it sounds like it may have some cool stuff. Scott, I will drop a link on uh, Macedon for you to see what I got going on eBay right now. Uh, what's another question, Scott? Asked. Okay, so Scott asked me an interesting question. Um, I, I may have not have covered this in the episode when I mentioned that I switched over because I, that I was selling my dream router. Uh, I, I really wanted to drop that. Like I was getting rid of that crap. Uh, 
So he asked, what is the difference? What is the advantage of the SE over the Dream Router? For me specifically, and this is not going to apply to everybody, but for me specifically, uh, I have gigabit internet and um, the Dream Router wired speeds are capped at seven. They max out, right? I'm not going to say cap. Cap implies something different. The right. Dream Router speeds are maxed out at 700 megabits a second uh, wired. So that means I'm already dropping about 250 to 280 uh, megabits of, of data speed uh, per second uh, for my connection because I routinely see over 950 down and over 950 up uh, with my ether with my Ethernet connections uh, through AT and T fiber. So that's one thing. Generally speaking, I wouldn't really notice the difference, but there are some applications that you can run. Some of these will run on the Dream Router. I think you have the ability to run up to two applications on the Dream Router, uh, the Dream mm-hmm. Machine, all of the Dream Machines, but the Dream Machine SE, I know for sure, will let you run all of these. Uh, the only ones I'm really interested in are the networking, uh, that is the networking application. Uh, but, I wanted to deploy some of the filtering for a sub for a uh, second network that I'm building up a VLAN that I'm building up for the kids so that I can do filtering of unwanted content for them to view on the Internet from the router side instead of trying to handle that on a device by device level. Because first thing I'm going to forget about is Apple TV Mm -hmm. Uh, and Sometimes making those types of changes on an iPad can have unintended consequences because you don't realize how much of your system apps or other apps depend on Safari's view controller until you disable Safari. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to be able to run some of those uh, filters as well as some of the the um, the other uh, software features they have regarding filtering and defending against malware intrusions into your network. These can all be, all of that can be run on the dream router, but because it is a little bit lower spec than the dream machine SE, uh, you're, I'm, I'm losing more speed. So let's say I'm going from 700 megabits. Now, if I add in all the filtering and, uh, defensive, uh, tools, get deployed um probably down to like 500 megabits and there's enough crap in here that i would start to notice that whereas with the dream machine se yes i probably am taking a hit but i'm starting off at the top end of what my internet will actually give me so any any speed degradations or you know uh device processing that needs to be done is going to be done still a lot faster for me with the se there's also the fact that the se has eight um i think it's eight yeah, eight PoE ports, uh, two of which are PoE Plus, uh, but uh, six of them are just regular PoE, but that's eight ports of, of PoE. Uh, and I do have plans in the future to deploy more stuff using power over Ethernet. Uh, there's some security cameras I'm looking at. Uh, I'm going to get a hat for my Pi that's going to be running Home Assistant <laughs> to power that over Ethernet. So going to be doing a lot there. And I do have a lot of stuff that I hardwired the house to. So just having more ports, the router only had four ports total yeah. uh, for LAN. This gives me eight. So more Ethernet ports without having to go invest into a switch right away. But that's pretty much it. I will say this. If I would have known it was as big as it was, I probably would have waited. I'm not going <laughs> to. <like, laughs> uh, but you have a solution. 
Uh, yeah, thanks to Mike. It's Velcro to the walk. He's like, is it is it lighter than, is it less than 15 pounds? I was like, sure it is. I mean, I wasn't as sure as I am now, but it <laughs> actually weighs like 10.3 pounds. So, you know, a little closer to 15 than I thought it was. <laughs> but, yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, but it's working. Yeah, it's working fine. Like, I don't even think about it anymore. Like, it's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, it, it is a great setup. And like I told Tia, I will not have to. And think about it this way, too, scouting for anybody else interested. For me, because I caught such a good deal on what was basically just an open box. Like, I literally think the person did a did a review of this on a YouTube channel or something. And then put it back in the box. Like everything was pristine when I took it out. Uh, it, it looked like somebody just opened the box and was like, nope, that thing's too big for me and put it back in the box. But because they opened it, it probably made more sense for them to sell it on eBay than to try to get it back to ubiquity or wherever and take that hit on the restocking fee. But also for me, this was always the plan was to get an SE uh, at some point. Uh, because I'm thinking future proofing my networking goals, uh, like as Wi-Fi seven becomes a real thing, not a not a thing that, you know, Amazon's just trying to be first on, but really a real thing that I need to actually worry about. I don't have to upgrade my router at all to deal with anything that that does. I just need to up, upgrade access points. Uh, and finally, I would say having more ports, more Ethernet ports allows me to VLAN tag or restrict some of these Ethernet ports too. Uh, which is a part of my home network, uh, my home, smart home build out as well. So it gives you that flexibility. Yeah, man. So like the printer, if I decide, because if it does like your printer occasionally does, and it's like, oh, I don't know anything about this Wi-Fi network you're trying to tell me I'm supposed to be on, <laughs> I'll get an Ethernet cable and plug it in, and I'll just restrict that port to just be on the uh, Snoopy IoT network. There you go. That Speaking works. of Snoopy, hey, Watch OS 10. You should update if you like Snoopy because I got the Snoopy face on my Watch OS, on my 6th gen watch, and I'm not updating my watch at all. No. <laughs> I found a Watch 6, and I should power, I should charge it and power it on, see if it still works. But right now, I'm happy with my SE2. Yeah. I'm not updating, though. I don't think, seriously. Uh, yeah. Because they didn't give me the, there's two things, right? I don't necessarily need a new watch. I definitely want a new phone. I don't really need that either, but the phone is going to get bought. So just accepting that one. I don't have to get a watch though. Uh, Tia will get a new watch and Tia will get a new phone because uh, she's going to benefit more from the watch than I would. And she definitely benefits from the phone. We benefit from her having a, a new phone uh, for sure because she takes all the pictures or she takes. 92% of the pictures. I take about 0.5% and Lincoln takes the rest of them with an iPad and randomly catches the spectacular shots because that kid's got some skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we talked about what you were buying last week, right? I was I was on the fence about a watch. Here's the reason it came up because I updated to watch OS the other day and I was like, oh, I got the Snoopy face. Well, I'm good. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, I, think, I think we talked about it, but I'm not. I did figure out widgets on the watch. Good. So, ah, uh, we'll close out with this because we 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 won't get to it. We may it may come up next week, it may not. But I did tell you earlier today. See, I remembered that I was going to tell you about why I don't like Watch OS Ten after I figured out the widgets. So, if you spin your crown from the watch face, you get the little widgets. If you triple tap, is the easy one finger triple tap on one of the widgets, it'll get you into edit mode. You can flick up and down to delete 
uh, different widgets at the bottom, I think, at the top or bottom of that screen where you're in edit mode is an add widget is how you can add your own because the defaults Apple give me aren't useful for me at least. Uh, so I now have carrot weather down there and you can pin them um, when you're in edit mode too so that you can have, say, carrot or drafts automatically kind of always be closer to the top. That's good to know. Yeah, I'm thinking about connecting my watch to the uh, Vocash over Bluetooth and just do like a quick little record and drop it on to uh, Mastodon. Um, I was going to do it and not say anything. Just like just record the audio of me moving stuff around with the watch and just post it. Like there's no there's no voiceover <laughs> for me at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which reminds me, I need to reach out to Kate, man, because I need I need to work on a new logo and I need her to make my my internet avatar that we talked about her making for me too. Uh, I gotta get that done. Anyhow, um so the widgets are doable. We'll we'll review it a little bit more. I gotta play around some more with it too, because I feel like there's some efficiencies I'm missing. Uh, I do like the Snoopy face. I like the fact that voiceover describes to me what Snoopy is doing. Uh, that that's pretty, and I like Snoopy. Like you know, I'm, I'm a big kid that way. I like I like Snoopy. He's always been one of my favorite characters. Uh, there's a Snoopy sitting on my desk actually, just in case people are interested. See, I got a friendly side. I'm not an angry See? guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all you people who are like Demasi, I'm scared to He's talk all to so you. Serious. You sound angry. Yeah, yeah, man. Listen, man. I like Snoopy, man. Like you know, talk to me about Snoopy. We can get something going. But I'll tell you what I don't like about this watch OS 10. Yes, I knew about this before I went there uh, for the mm. people on but I don't like it. I really, truly don't like it. This pressing the side button that brings up um, Control Center. And then apparently you have to press the side button to dismiss the control center. I do not like this. Hmm. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this is why I said we would wait to discuss this on the show because I felt like you were going to be one of these people who's like, no, actually, I like that. I do not like it because you know what I can do and I can still do this. Tap my watch. Is flick up to control, control center. center actually, that's tap. what I actually do more than hit Boom. the side button on it. And then I can press my home button. <laughs> And now yeah. back on my watch face. You have taken away some flexibility by like if listen, I don't care if they did it this way. And I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna bitch about it for the rest of the year. I'm just gonna say this this time. Next year, however, if they don't let me decide what I want to do with my button, you're gonna hear some more about it. But uh, Demasi, but, if you upgrade to an Ultra, then you get a button back that you can use. So here's the reason I'm not upgrading my watch this year, right? So I kind of want the Ultra for the battery life. But they didn't release it in black. So not liking that. Right. Uh, and the button, the action button is orange. What? It's orange. <laughs> Yeah. Nope, not worth upgrading. Let's wait till next year, see what they do with uh-huh. the 10-year yeah, anniversary. Yeah, see, I'm waiting to see if they do something <laughs> about these colors, man. Because, like, I mean, you got this kind of low-key, you know, gray watch or whatever, which is bright orange. Hey, orange, look at me. <laughs> this hunter vest orange on the side of my watch. I don't need that, right? So give me something else. No, I'm not buying a case. I hear you typing right now on Mastodon. Stop that. I'm not going to buy a case to put on an Apple Watch. It's already enormous. An Apple Watch Ultra. Like, right. I shouldn't need a case for that. Uh, I'm not going to go third-party market and buy something to go over the orange button. Nope, I don't want to hear it. I like my watch to be just like my phone, completely naked. <laughs> Wait, you don't use a case on your phone? No. 
So tune in on <laughs> October 9th because Mallory and I had a discussion about people using cases and not using cases on their phone. And she is under the impression, and, and, and I can't disagree with her, you know, $20 case uh, will save you potentially $300 insurance claim because that's – that's that's where she's coming from. Anyways, we're not going to talk about that now because we are running a little late. <laughs> and uh, tune in next week to hear some special voices, uh, one of which you've never heard on any podcast that we've done before. So I'm excited about that. The other one you have heard if you listen to Unmute. Um, and we're going to answer some questions about setup. So if you have any tips for your Windows or Mac setup, feel free to share them with us on Mastodon. What are some immediate settings or options you change when you set up a new system? Let us know. And how can they do that, Dwasi? You can talk to us on, and I just want to interject just in case Mike said this while I was, in case Mike didn't say this while I was multitasking. Uh, desktop platforms, Mac, Windows. Yes, yeah, desktop. Uh, we will do mobile at some point, but we're not doing that next week. So if you got any Mac OS or Windows settings uh, that you always change, reach out to us on Mastodon. He is Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N, at unmute.community. And I am Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E, at unmute.community. Or send an See, email to tw at yourownpay.com. I think it works. Yeah, I, it does. Someone sent us an email. <laughs> I don't get those, them. so I don't know. Um, yeah, why don't you get those? We should figure that out. We'll, we'll fix that at some point. Just no, like at some point, I'll fix it. I better not mention it because then somebody might try to do it before I fix it, and it won't work. <laughs> anyway, Mastodon, Payon at unmute.community, Demasi at unmute.community. Email if you prefer to do it that way, tw at yourownpay.com. If you mention me anywhere else, I promise you I'm not going to see it. Uh, yeah. That's just yeah. the way it is. I'm in Mastodon. That's about all I can manage to do right now. And you see that Scout, as much as and I do appreciate Scout, I appreciate everybody who's been following me too. Thank you. Uh, and I even posted a couple of things this week on Mastodon. I'm working my way up to it is what I'm trying to say. Uh, being more social. I appreciate Scout for giving me content for my show though because that's interesting yeah. questions and then I think about them and then I forget to reply and then I talk about it on the show. So appreciate it, man. Keep it up. <laughs> 